you have to be kind of excited by the unknown and want to figure out how to, you know, creatively solve problems. It's kind of like putting fire in somebody's hand for the first time when you gave it to them. It's frustrating, but when you find the wins, it's also super rewarding. Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of Weed Buds Radio, where we get to explore the amazing cannabis industry with the minds that take up all sorts of different disciplines. And it's so much fun to learn about everybody's role and contribution to this space. And our next guest, I just absolutely had to speak to her because I was in a store here in Maine and I saw this vape cartridge battery and I had to have it. It was a, a, a the F word 2020, which I think we can all appreciate. And when I looked at this, I had to do some digging, as most people know. Whenever I find something interesting, uh, it's just kind of a rabbit hole I go down. And how, what a unique opportunity that we have. Uh, to, uh, one of the amazing bud tenders on our list for Weed Buds Awards is related to somebody that is a part of that organization that has just made my favorite battery to date. And so, Brooke, I, I, she has been an incredible friend of ours. And so she it connected me with her sister, Brittany. And so Brittany, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to hang out with us here on Weed Buds Radio. Hey, thanks Ryan, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, that was a, a fun battery to work on. I think um, the most exciting marketing projects you can do are always ones that uh, connect with people in a real way, right? Something we can all relate to. Has marketing been something that you have always kind of seen yourself in? Is that what you studied in school? That it, how did you get uh, to be a part of this uh, organization and kind of where your role is with it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I went to school for marketing at the University of Colorado Boulder. Um, I think why for me, I have enjoyed the field of marketing is that it's it's such a people game, right? Like it's it's all about like, you know, what kinds of products or things um, do people need to solve problems in their lives? And, you know, what are the ways that, that we can we can relate to them? I like to think of a, a brand as a, a person or really even like a newborn baby, right? Like they need a lot of love and attention to, to grow up and you have to shape their personality. What do they look like? How do they act? What are they going to wear? And, you know, hopefully, hopefully you find some some reasons and ideas that that resonate with other people and you make that connection and and to me that's what makes a good brand and i think it's just kind of it's fun you know there's a lot of blank space in between to try to solve problems the answers are not always black and white but for me i like that i like being creative i can totally appreciate that and Brittany, i'm curious did you always plan to be marketing in this space in in this capacity if you asked uh, my middle school self, they would probably say yes, but no. <laughs> um, I don't know that any, uh, you know, I, um, I, I graduated college, did inside sales for two years, really did not like um, dialing for dollars and trying to get uh, young people to do a meeting with me about, about some product and, and wanted to do something else. Um, I went to college in Colorado, as you know, that's one of the first states that went recreationally legal. Um, got connected with a little brand called Open, um, 
you know, got a job at the front desk um, and the rest is history, really. So I think, um, you know, I wanted to do marketing. I've always thought cannabis is interesting. Um, I love that cannabis, you know, has wellness benefits and that people can also use it for recreational enjoyment. It makes me feel good about what I do every day. So um, for me, it was kind of, you know, a nice um, unity of, of a lot of things that I'm interested and passionate about. And then you tack on startup culture on top of those things. And what is the day of a of a marketer in this space like? Because I can only imagine, you know, this state has this regulation. This state has that one. Uh, new things come out all of the time. So I can totally appreciate you must have an affinity for solving problems uh, because problems arise every day. Yeah, yeah. I think... Um the best way I can describe it, I interviewed somebody probably like five years ago for a job at the company. And we said, you know, we're a startup. There's a lot to do. Everybody wears a lot of hats here. And she goes, I love hats. <laughs> I just laughed. But you know, I think that's, that's, that's really the answer, right? Like you, you have to focus on and solve a lot of different problems and there's not a great roadmap for how it's been done before. So I think you have to be kind of excited by the unknown and want to figure out how to, you know, creatively solve problems because, you know, from compliance, like you said, you know, how a product needs to be sold and represented in the state of Maine versus how it needs to be sold in Florida versus Colorado is, it's totally different down to the universal symbol, which you would think would be universal. Right. Uh, you know, we can't market like traditional people do, like you can't be on Facebook. We're not allowed to have an Instagram. We just got an Instagram shut down the other day. It's, it's frustrating, but when you find the wins, it's also super rewarding. So how have you, first of all, how have you dealt uh, with, with some of this? Because just with the podcast, we know how overwhelming it can be uh, being on a platform and then being you know, kicked off from it and kind of starting over. And so I'm just kind of curious, you know, what, what are some things that you do just to kind of, you know, keep moving and stay excited? Because I see, I see people getting kind of discouraged, I think, after so many kicks, you know, in the stomach, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it always is frustrating. You get a little bit more of a thick skin as it goes and you start to learn um, some of the rules and tips and tricks of the trade, but um, there's, there's never a clear cut answer. But I think for, for us as a marketing team um, at Slang, something that, you know, we really focus on or try to strike a balance of is what our own channels are, right? Like content that we can create on our website that hopefully resonates with people being able to email people or text people or, um, you know, what are these kind of like channels that you can own that somebody can't really come and take away from you? Um, but you know, the, the places that you have to go to um, that people are active on like social media, it's just, you know, it's part of Social media is a great tool. I I am influenced by it a lot too. It just is frustrating, right? That the space that we're in doesn't really allow us to use it to its full potential, but we know that it's a, a critical piece of what we do, but we try to make sure that, you know, we don't put all of our eggs in one basket either. Sure. And I'm curious, as a business, you know, how do you, how do you scale a business like this when everything's changing all of the time. It's because to me, it just 
following. And that's why, you know, I, I feel a little spoiled that sometimes have the opportunities to talk to the people that are actually doing things in the space. Because as a podcast host, I enjoy celebrating that because I see it. I've been in business in other categories and I know how hard that is. But watching on the sidelines of the cannabis industry on what people have to deal with, somebody like me that's very process oriented and, and loves creative problem solving, it's like, okay, great, we're going to enter this new segment of the market, but wait, this one has changed completely. So how do you scale and how do you, I guess, build a team that can navigate those things? Yeah, yeah, uh, the number one lesson to learn on being able to scale as generic packaging because you know the rules are going to change every uh six months so that you don't have to scrap or, or slob a bunch of stuff but i think as far as you know scaling into new markets for us the strategy has been finding really great partners in other states um you know that share our values um and that can you know help us grow and scale into new markets and are already kind of established there you know that's what we do in Maine with the Wellness Connection, they're our partner there. Um, that's what we do in Florida with True Leave, they're our partner there. And, you know, we really try to, we have some home bases, Colorado's our home base, Oregon's our home base, but in a lot of other states, we find partners that are really great operators in the cannabis industry there. And, and you know, we partner together um, to share our strengths of, of what each of us bring to the table from, you know, the CPG space and building great products to operating um, and, and, you know, kind of the operational fundamentals in, in different markets. And I think that's been um, really key for us is, is finding the right partners and, and really doubling down on our commitment to our partners to, to have a great relationship. The way that you describe that, Brittany, is very much reminiscent to me of, I suppose, the tech industry and kind of startup life in that culture of companies absolutely get too big to have efficient R&D, to have efficient new segment penetration. And it's tend to be easier, especially I think in the last 20 years, we've really seen this, of a, a startup comes out and they, and they dominate what they do well, and then they find somebody that was doing other things really well and, and collaborate. And I see the cannabis industry in kind of like two different segments, those that are very much like collaborating, get that, we can't do it all ourselves. And then maybe other markets where there's a little bit more friction of like, nah, we can do it. And so, you know, have, have how do you decide what are like the right partners, I guess? Because like you said, these, these, these brands are babies, you know, and we know that we're gonna get them to teenagers and then they might go off on their own and they're done with us, you know, like, like teenagers eventually do. Uh, so I'm just curious, like, you know, how do you kind of bring that collaborative mindset to this space? And have you found more, I guess, easy adoption to collaborating? Or have you found, you know, friction in different states? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the canvas industry right now is every state's different. Um, you know, every state kind of as they legalize cannabis, have their own set of beliefs and opinions on how it should be structured and how it should be regulated. Um, and so for that that reason, you know, kind of how we approach or how we have to operate in every state is is a little bit different, right? You know, Maine where, um, you know, the, the, the market is um, 
kind of all over the place with caregivers. And then you have a smaller set of like licensed retailers. That's a different environment. Whereas in California, you're dealing with, you know, 50% of cannabis still being bought on the black market today when there's, you know, 2000 retail locations to, um, Oklahoma, which uh, wants uh, like a full capitalism model and anybody can have a cannabis license and Oklahoma is the market that has um, you know, the most dispensaries of any state that exists right now. They've got 2,400, 2,500 dispensaries. So um, I think it's a, it's a little bit different in every state, but I think for us, um, it's, it's a value of partnership um, and, you know, kind of this idea that you can't be all things to all people too. So finding the right partners who understand, um, you know, what, what slang brings to the table as a brand and the, the, the value of the brands that we bring to the table and the process um, on how to make those products and really make great products. Um, and they might have a great foundation in retail or in cultivation or something like that. And that's, that's a really good marriage for us from a partnership perspective. That makes amazing sense. And Brittany, you're a savvy marketer. And I have been in the cannabis industry, quote unquote, you know, just really researching and studying for, I guess, the last four years or so. And looking at the markets and how they have rolled out, what markets have rolled out, the different legislation across them. One of the things that really surprised me almost more than anything was how quickly Oklahoma came and entered, you know, the cannabis industry in this segment. And so, Elisa is saying, you know, you're a savvy marketer. I know you're collecting data. You're doing the research. Did you see that? Like, was that a surprise to you in your company as well? Yeah. Um, I think for me, because I just probably wasn't watching all that closely, but I think if you, if you saw how the laws were written, you probably knew that that was going to be a little bit of a whirlwind because, in most states, right, there's a set number of licenses. I don't know what the exact amount is in the state of Colorado, but it's certainly less than a thousand. Um, whereas in, in to get one of those licenses now, because they, they hold such value, you're looking at like a seven figure price tag to even wow. just like pay your way into the space, which is um, super prohibitive for a lot of people. Like how many people just got, got seven figures uh, hanging out in their bank account? There's not too many. Um, but in Oklahoma, it's a lot easier, right? It's like a little bit more like opening a, a liquor store, a convenience store or something like that. So people are more empowered to be able to do this. Um, yeah, we'll see if 2,500 dispensaries in Oklahoma is something that can be supported long-term, maybe Maybe the Okie Doke State really loves uh, loves to smoke some weed, and maybe it works. But you might you might see that number kind of shrink um, in a few years. And Brittany, obviously, I wanted to speak to you because of the creativity that I saw in the marketing and branding of Open. But I know the company that that you work with is Slang Brands, and so I was curious: are there other brands that you're working on, other types of products that I should know about? Yeah, yeah. So Slang um, is the parent company to six different brands. Um, Open being one of them. Um, it was our, our first brand where the company started in 2010 and really one of the first cannabis vape pens to enter the market. Um, kind of like putting fire in somebody's hand for the first time when you gave it to them. Um, but the other brands in our portfolio are Baked. Those are also sold at Maine Wellness, the Dabaratus. It's got a 
heat resistant metal tip so you could dab it right onto your rig um, without needing kind of any extra tools. Um, all, all in one tool for dabbing, we like to call it. Um, and then we have a few others as well. We have the Firefly, which is going to be a dry herb vaporizer. Um, we have Lunchbox Alchemy, which is a brand that we recently acquired, Oregon-based. Um, it's vegan gummies. They use full-spectrum cannabis. It's a really just um, high-end, uh, you know, well-rounded edible experience. Um, and then the other two brands in our portfolio are Prezi's and District Edibles. Um, District Edibles uh, should be coming to the main market here soon, too, so keep an eye out for those. Very cool. Thank you so much for, for sharing that with me, Brittany. I'm excited to go and check these out. Now, if I want to go and look at all of these brands, is there one place that I can go and learn about them? Yeah, so um, the Slang's website is slangww.com. Um, there you'll be able to see a page on our website that's brand and partnerships. So you can see the people we work with in different states and our different brands. And those will link you out to each of the individual brands if there's if there's one you're interested in learning about a little bit more. Amazing. Well, I can't wait to do that. And of course, we will add that link in our show notes over at Weed Buds Radio so everyone can go and check that out. And Brittany, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to speak with you and learn more about the work that you're doing. It has been great. I really hope that we can steal you back sometime for some more time together. And for the audience members that want to stay connected with you and follow Slang in your journey, what is the best way for them to stay connected? Sure. Yeah, I'd say um, check us out. Check me out on LinkedIn, Brittany Hallett. Um, that'd be a great way to follow along with me. And then, you know, if you're interested in our brands, I know we talk social media. Um, you can connect with those open vape, district edibles, baked, um, all, all the good ones. And that's kind of where we'll be posting about product releases, new markets that we enter, things like that. Amazing, because we know that staying connected is so difficult. So for those of us that want to stay up to date with all of the breaking news and product launches, we need to go over there and subscribe, of course. And so Brittany, thank you so much. We'll definitely add those links directly so the audience can tune in and stay connected with you. Thank you so much. I enjoyed my time with you. Absolutely. And of course, so much gratitude goes out to all of you for joining us today. Thank you so much for being with us here on another episode of Weed Buds Radio. We cannot wait to see you in the next show. Thanks so much.